2: And you're listening to the Math Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Dalton underscore Trigg. Uh, today, I have a special guest, return guest. Uh, he has done some work for us at DallasBasketball.com in the past. Uh, we are always hitting him up around draft time, draft lottery time, because He knows way more about these prospects than we do. uh, Keeps up with them throughout the year. Knows all their strengths, weaknesses, all that good stuff. Uh, It's my guy, Richard Stamen. You can find him at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Uh, Richard, what's up, man? How are you doing? It's been too long.
3: Hey, I'm excited to be back. I want to say the last time I was here may or may not have been November eighteenth, twenty twenty, which was and I and you asked who are the Dallas Mavericks in a draft, and uh, I unfortunately, (laughs) you know, in hindsight, I wish I hadn't predicted it no offense to Josh green, but, uh, you know, you were like, should they take Desmond Bain or Josh green? I'm like, I think they're going to take Josh green. And I wish, you know, if that was the influence, if this podcast is the influence, I will speak things into existence a little bit better.
2: Hey, I didn't realize it was quite that long, but I mean, to be fair, I haven't had many guests on here lately. I've just been and a lot of times. I've just been doing this thing solo here lately, doing like daily updates on, uh, NBA playoff action and throughout the season you know it just it gets hard to coordinate stuff especially in season uh when you're trying to put out a bunch of content fast so uh I definitely didn't realize it had been that long but I'm glad we finally have you back and if the last time you know as any indicator uh this should be good luck so I'm I'm really I'm hoping you're saying the Mavs win the lottery and they're getting Victor Wembanyama, but well, I guess we'll start right there, Richard, because that's that's the guy everybody is, you know, everybody in the lottery is hoping uh, that they are able to select after Tuesday's uh, lottery drawing. It's it's happening Tuesday, May sixteenth. Uh, the Mavs have a three percent chance of getting Victor Wembanyama. They have a thirteen point nine percent chance of jumping into the top four. Uh, they have nearly an 80% chance of keeping their pick, regardless. You know, 80% chance it's either going to be number 10 or somewhere in the one through four range. Uh, so let's start with him. Let's start with Victor Wimbanyama. Is he going to live up to the hype? Because everything I've seen, it it sure does tell me that he's going to live up to the hype.
3: Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really can get in his way is injuries. And it's been, I think now almost a year and a half, two years removed since his last injury. And, you know, some of it might've might've been attributed to growing pains. I mean, granted, the guy never really stops growing. Uh, I I think really with him, he's just, he's the best prospect on paper we've ever seen. Like, like I, I still think at the end of the day, when you evaluate everything LeBron is still number one, I've ever seen at least a century. And with one, though, the way I've always told him is, look, if you went on 2k, I know it's like a very cheesy way to say it, but like, if you went on 2k and then said, all right, I'm, I'm sick of getting killed every game, whatever. I'm going to make somebody who is unguardable, like not a, my player, but like a, a 2k created player, put him at max height, max ball skills. Like he has the potential quite literally to be that it's not exaggeration. Uh, it is very real. And you don't find the combination of just The elite height, obviously, it might be a little bit too much height. That's a big concern for people. But you don't find that combination plus ball skills plus feel and motor. All of it, all the intangibles are there, skills are there, and the athleticism and height are there.
2: People can debate, you know, about the level of prospect compared to LeBron, but it's no doubt that he is the most hyped prospect since LeBron, in my opinion. Uh, And, I mean, a lot of it's warranted, too, based on the highlights you see, like, missing a three-pointer and then following up his miss on a three-pointer with a dunk <laughs> it's just, just unreal stuff from him but you mentioned the height you mentioned the concerns with injuries because of that because i mean there's really just not that many guys you know seven two seven three uh and and taller that have good luck with their their injury history so you know that's a concern you know when you have longer ligaments and uh, longer bones and stuff like that. It's just, it's bound to happen at some point. But I've read some stuff, and I think it was uh, uh, ESPN's uh, Jonathan. M- Is it Giovanni? Am I saying that right? Uh, Giovanni. Giovanni. Okay. Yeah, had to put a little own in there. <laughs> but I was reading something from him earlier in the season, saying that uh, you know, Victor Wembanyama had uh, been working out with uh, Holger. You know, Dirk's longtime mentor and was doing certain things with his stretches and certain exercises to potentially or to hopefully minimize his chances of getting hurt. Uh, Do you know any I mean, have you heard any more about that or do you think that that kind of stuff can help or is it is, is it just like a physical thing that's unavoidable at some point? I think a combination of both. I think he could,
3: you know, first of all, in this era of basketball, I mean, Generally, injuries are treated more seriously where it's like playing through it is less and less common. I mean, the load management era is a very real thing, but on top of that, I mean, yeah, he has had real injuries. But, um, I do think having just the elite of elite taking care of your body and the trainings and things like that. I mean, LeBron's a prime example of that. Like for most of his career, he's been one of the healthiest superstars we've seen in this era, and I think a lot of that has to do with how he takes care of his body the same thing applies to Wimpanyama and And, and a lot of Wimpanyama's past injuries outside of he's he fractured his fibula in 2020 outside of that he really hasn't had any major injuries it's been a fractured finger that could happen quite literally to any player at any time it has nothing to do with his height he had a he missed two months with a shoulder contusion not really sure what to say on that one. And then he hurt his uh I, I can't say the muscle name. It's basically your pelvis. Uh begins with a P next letter's an S. I
2: can't really say it, but <laughs> I am
3: uh, not even gonna try. It. I wildly how to say one pajama. I'm not even gonna try that.
2: Hey, so, I thought you were going in another direction there. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really how to set myself up. <laughs> Guys, we're gonna take a very brief break and we will be right back. Breaking news y'all, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. And you can do just that right now by going to manscaped.com and using code MAVSTEPBACK for 20% off and free shipping. I have my own personal Beard Hedger and I love it. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting links, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard links in just one guard. To make things even better, the Beard Hedger is waterproof. So you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. So guys, if you want to try out this convenient beard grooming experience, again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MAVSTEPBACK at manscaped.com right now. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code MAVSTEPBACK. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard. 20 lengths. He's the big reward. Whoever gets number one, he's surefire number one. I don't think there's going to be any, you know, weird stuff happen. Like last year, you didn't hear that Vanchero was going number one until like the last second. uh, When, you know, the, the rumors started happening and next thing you know, he's an, he's a member of the Orlando magic. Uh, I I don't think any of that's going to happen this year. I really think he's surefire definitely going number one. Uh, when you get to number two, number three, though, you know, there's there's more debates about that, uh, at least from the mock drafts I've seen. And like I said, the Mavs have a 13.9% chance of jumping into the top four, 3% chance at number one, 3.3% chance at number two, 3.6% for number three, and then a four, flat 4% chance uh, to get number four. So... Uh my next question for you is say the Mavs get 2 3 or 4 uh who are the next three top prospects in your mind after Wimbanyama?
3: Yeah so I'll just read off the board because after 2 and 3 it it changes for the Mavs so I have Scoot Henderson he would be the number one pick in a lot of recent drafts just a com- very complete four general point guard that can play defense has an outstanding frame. Very good He's he's ridiculous. He's super fun. He's so advanced in the pick and roll. Like he he is a 23 year old and an 18 year old night excuse me 19 year old's body. He'll be 19 for his first 60 games of his next season. um And then Brandon Miller's right after that. He is a very very strong off ball player with defensive upside, three level scoring creation potential. Uh, it's a little bit far away, but then after that, there's a drop off. That's where it starts to be. You could pick your poison. Aman Thompson personally is my number four. Because even though he did play overtime elite, he's 20 years old, just to contextualize that, Mike Miles, a junior at TCU who is probably going to get drafted in the second round, is four months older and is a junior in college. So, like, Amon Thompson, the Thompson twins, him and his brother Asar, both of them are behind the curve age-wise. They, they have very limited margin for error because of that. But with Amon Thompson, I'm very confident. The defense is good. His ability to run and pick and roll is just Advance beyond his years, and I think that scales up so quickly.
2: Uh, our guy Kirk Henderson over at Mavs Moneyball, he he, you know, he he has his own show, and he comes on here every now and then. But he's been telling me about the Thompson brothers like throughout the season, and saying like that's two of his favorite prospects. I mean, look, I I'm not gonna lie, I don't keep up with college basketball other than my Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who had a very good season uh this past year, by the way. They. They went from like – they won more games this last season than they did over the previous like three or four seasons. So, shout out to them. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, out the sun belt. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, first year in the Sun Belt and got the, the regular season uh, championship in the Sun Belt. So, good for them. But other than that, I just don't really keep up with college basketball other than watching the general highlights that come on. So, uh, this is why you're here, Richard. I'm glad you're here to talk about all these guys and – you know, give us a little bit of an idea of, you know, where they'll where they'll fall at, uh, and who the Mavs actually have a chance at. So, uh, so look, fourteen percent chance, almost fourteen percent chance Mavs get into the top four, three percent chance getting number one pick. Uh, we know that that's, you know, it's not likely, but they do have a chance. They've never moved up in franchise history. You'd think at some point they'd have some little bit of luck in the lottery, but you know. The odds don't really think that way. That's more of just like a superstitious thing on our end. So, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. But uh, the most likely scenario is the Mavs keeping uh, their spot at number 10. They have a 65.9% chance of having the 10th pick. And so that's what's most likely. That's why all these mock drafts, you know, they're proceeding with the idea that they're going to be at number 10. And I've seen a handful of different guys – you know slated in these mock drafts to go to the mavs but i'm wondering like uh uh walker from the houston cougars uh you know i think he would be a really good fit for the mavs especially based on some of their biggest needs uh rebounding rim protection uh he's he's only 6-8 but you know he's i think he what is his wingspan like 72 yeah long <laughs> <laughs> he's got a very long wingspan and he's big too like he can He's got a body that seems like it's it's already NBA ready. So and he's only 19. So that's a guy who I've seen. Uh, you know, people saying the Mavs might have a chance at I don't think he's gonna make it to number 10, though. Uh who <laughs> talk yeah. about Walker, talk about Walker a little bit, and then maybe, you know, a couple of guys that's more realistic for the Mavs to select at number 10, you know, if they end up getting that pick.
3: Yeah, everyone talks about Jarrus Walker and Taylor Hendricks they're They've been rising so much over the last two months it's It's unfortunate because I think a month ago Taylor Hendricks, like people just didn't watch sorry to change the subject off of Jairus right away. They're in the same conference. I'll be back, but Taylor Hendricks, for example, he was at University of Central Florida. they just they weren't covered Houston on the other end, I mean they were a sweet sixteen team and they were the ones, they were a one seat like everybody knew Jairus Walker so like his stock had already been high. Taylor Hendricks isn't going to be there because he's he's behind the curve, but for Jairus... I mean, you said it. His defense is just everything checks. Every box is checked. I think he has actually the perfect height to be the modern defender. 6'8", six, 6'9", six, yeah. long wingspan, can play one through 5 truly on the defensive end. Uh, it's not like your full-time center, but when you go, you know, we've seen this for now 10-plus years. The small ball five is a real thing. Like, that stuff matters, and he's going to be a good fa- uh, small ball five. On top of that, though, he's a connecting piece on offense. He's just he, – he plays almost – I think he's going to thrive a little bit in that he's not Draymond, but like that role where it's like, Hey, we need yeah. a forward who he's unselfish connects everything. The offense flows more smoothly when he's out there than not. And those kind of guys, they're ceiling raisers. Like that's a guy who you go from second round team to championship team because of him. And I think just everything you said about his defense is right. Feel for the game is there. He guards the perimeter, locks down, guards, the rim locks down guards, mid range very well. You won't see him not try. There's just so much to like, the only downside really for him is shooting. Uh, the shooting numbers just aren't strong. Free throw percentage is below 70%. And just statistically speaking, players who have been drafted over the last 10 years that shot below 67%, which is what he did, almost none of them have become good shooters in the NBA. So there is that. You have to be aware hey, his
2: shooting might just be below average. And if you can live with that, that's fine. Which I mean, I mean, to be honest, you know, Draymond Green, his shooting isn't exactly there but he's a huge day and that's really when I was watching his because I think it was NBC Sports it was uh, I think it was a mock draft they put out last week and they had Walker at 10 going to the Mavs and I was thinking like probably not gonna happen because I haven't kept up with it too much but I did you know I did watch him in the tournament and I've seen highlights and everything and my first thought is like this this looks like another Draymond player uh, and I do like his shot, you know, his shot form and everything. But uh, I, I would love for the Mavs to get a guy like you.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/slash Blue Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You know, and I guess I want to branch off from this and say, and I like Taylor Hendricks too, but uh, say the Mavs end up getting the fourth pick in the draft do you take one of the Thompson twins or do you consider moving back a few spots, adding some more assets and get a guy like Walker, uh, you know, who would be available in that probably five, six range of, uh, I mean, what, what would you do? Cause I'm i I've always been a big advocate for like, you know, take the best talent available. Uh, but in the Mavs specific situation right now, they're, their asset cupboard is low. Uh, they they don't have many, you know, aside from this year's pick, if they keep it, you know, the next pick they can trade is 2027 because they've already traded the 2029 20, uh, pick to get Kyrie Irving. That's unprotected pick. They just really don't have that many assets to work with going forward through the rest of Luca's current contract. So, what would you do? Would you take the best player available at like in that three four range, or would you try to trade back a few spots to add a few more key pieces and still get a very high talented top ten pick?
3: Wait, 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 wait! Are you telling me Davis Bertans' partially guaranteed contract <laughs> next year doesn't move you? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I'm I'm stunned. I've I've been told for months that's an attractive. eight. throw him in with the first. It's fine, <laughs> but. On the real though, like I think it's a tough question. I don't look, I'll give them the current Mavs since the last like two years, a good benefit of the doubt in development. They did a good job getting Josh green to take the jump. He's still got a long ways to go though. And Jaden Hardy, I think has been seen. He's people think they handled it poorly because the first half of the season, but I actually think they handled it perfectly. He got in rhythm. They did a really good job of getting him going at least for the second half. And they, they developed him mid season. I I feel like, and because of that, it makes me a little bit confident they could develop someone like Amen Thompson. The problem is the adjustment from, I mean, he's playing in high school. It's like not quite high school. It's a little bit better than high school, but still high school-ish. And that jump to be an NBA point guard from that is not going to be easy. And yeah, he may have some defensive value, but you're looking at a bench player. I, I just, I don't think at the top five for this team, I mean, he's a bench player. I yeah. think you can't take that. I, I would say trade back. I think Jairus Walker and Taylor Hendricks, you can't take him at four. You might as well move back to five or six, get some assets, and get your guy. And the Mavs, like you said, they don't have any draft capital. You would get at least one first-round pick, or if you want to defer a pick, you can get a player probably that a team's desperate to get off of and one of those teams moving up. So I would say if you get four, that's honestly the dream. You can move back to wherever you want, and you finally can get some draft capital to make trades realistic again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're just in a situation where they, they need more than what they can realistically do in one offseason. So, if you have a situation come up like that where you do get lucky and you get a top four pick, uh, now, if it's number one, obviously, you you take Victor and run and don't think about it. But, you know, anything aside from that, you have to consider moving down uh, to add more pieces. And I like Hendricks and Walker, but I just feel like, I don't know. I I like that Walker is 240 and just looks like he can, you know, bang with with, uh, the best of them and not get thrown around as a rookie, even though he's 19 years old. I feel like like he's ready. I feel like he can contribute from day one and be a key piece. So uh, I'm looking forward to the lottery and, you know, seeing how all this plays out. And once we actually know where the Mavs are at, Uh, we can kind of focus in more on specific prospects. And then obviously we have the combine coming up and, you know, all that stuff, guys, stock uh, will rise and fall a little bit here and there. And it seems like there's always one guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and gets valued a lot higher than what people initially thought he would. So we'll have to see how it goes, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I will be glued to my television uh, on Tuesday. (laughs) And I hope I hope that the Mavs finally have some lottery luck because uh they they didn't send uh me to the lottery to represent them I, even though I I asked for it and my my guy Michael Mulford uh he's he's contributed with us for about a year here at Dallasbasketball.com now he wrote a piece before Mark Stein 4 minutes before Mark Stein uh broke the news he wrote a piece listing all these people that the Mavs should send to the lottery and he threw me in there Uh, And then four minutes later, Stein comes out and and just throws water over it and says, oh, well, they're they're sending Nico Harrison. (laughs) But, hey, the last couple times they were in the lottery, uh, it was, let's see, 2017, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. So I believe they had the ninth best odds and they stayed there. And then for the Luka draft, they had the third best odds and moved back to fifth and had to spend a 2019 first-round pick to make up for that. And Michael Finley was the representative at both of those lotteries. So maybe Nico Harrison is the change that the Mavs need. <laughs> hey,
3: and don't forget that with the 2018, they won the coin flip with I forget who it was. I want to say it was the Hawks and all of that. Like it was the most Mavs thing. It was the closest they've ever been in the history of the franchise to moving up and only just to move. It was like it's like in White Men Can't Jump or whatever it's called. Uh, I think that's what it is. I, I, I'm blanking on which movie it is that where it's like, she's like, sometimes when you win, you lose. And like, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was the most frustrating thing. I vividly that, remember that moment. The,
2: the Mavs just have the worst lottery history. I don't want, well, I'm probably being a homer when I say it, but just based on the ones I've seen, it's just like, I don't see how they have as bad of luck as they do. Cause then even after the Luca draft, after all of that, you know, you had to spend the extra first round pick to move up and get Luca and you got him. Uh but then the next year you had a three-way tie with the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And the Grizzlies and the Pelicans end up moving up to one and two to get Zion and John Morant. And the Mavs end up moving down, I think. <laughs> so, and not keeping the pick. So shout you know. out Salah Metry. Oh man, Salah and Devin Harris. They uh they really did a number on us that year. <laughs> Well, Richard, this is going to be my last topic here, and I'll get you out of here. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Mavs and Kyrie Irving and, you know, how much should they pay him? And, uh, you know, is it a good idea, is it a bad idea? Regardless of if it's a good idea or or a bad idea, I think they're going to end up paying him a lot of money. He's their top priority this summer. I don't see the market for him being, you know, anything to where he could leave easily. You know, if he wants to go to another contender, like if he wants to go, if he wanted to go to the Phoenix Suns, or if he wanted to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, or something like that, it's going to be harder now with the new CBA. You know, it's it's not teams that are that have multiple max players and they're in that uh, that first and second tax bracket. Uh, it makes it harder to do sign and trade stuff now. So I don't really see that happening, even though there's been some smoke around it. Uh, but, I mean, what are what are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving's situation, how it went since the trade? You know, how much do you put on, the you know, the pairing between him and Luka Doncic and, you know, more so uh, like I do. I just think it's the people around them. I think they gutted their depth a little too much, and, you know, they have to find a way to build around those two now. But what are your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Kyrie was actually really good when he was here. I think if you went down the chain of who needs to be assigned blame, Kyrie might be the one Mav that actually gets kind of a pass. Like, it's not his fault the Mavs didn't have depth, and then they traded all their remaining depth for him. Like, you can't blame him for that. Feel the same way. And, like, I get it. Like, I, you know, personally, I'm not a huge fan of him as a person, but, like, you can't use that to justify what he did on the basketball court. Like, I think – I think you have to keep him at all costs. The, the idea of him is still very good when you give him a full summer with Luka Doncic and for the Mavs to recoup their roster. Like, again, it's just not his fault that JaVale McGee was their big offseason <laughs> signing. And then JaVale <laughs> McGee played, what, mm. his most important basketball down the final 10 games when they were tanking. Like, I just, I feel like there's so much that they have to fix. And really with the Mavs, it's re-sign Kyrie, fix your depth. You got to address that because they already had some of the worst depth, I would say, of any playoff team, arguably the worst before the trade deadline. And then they got, like you said, they gutted it. They went from bad to the worst of any team competing for that final play and spot or above. Nobody on either conference had a worst, worstly, worst built, excuse me, uh, roster top to bottom. And it's just really unfortunate. They got to take the draft serious. I think that's a big way to do it and obviously you know if they keep it 10 that's a way to do it at a second round pick like they did last year for jaden hardy they've just got a lot of long ways to go filling out the roster really like six or seven down to 15 and really technically 17 or 18 with the two ways
2: yeah i mean by the numbers at least the offensive numbers luca and kyrie together were putting up like historical (laughs) offensive numbers so that's not an issue, but you know, the 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 team's defense even before they traded Finney Smith wasn't great this year. They were like between that 18 to 21 range for most of the, the year I, before.
3: I mean, on on NBA.com, they were 24th before the trade. They went down to 28 <laughs> yeah. after. Like it wasn't like they went yeah. they're like, oh, we were some great <laughs> defense. They went from bad to some of the worst.
2: Yeah. So I mean, you were already just you know, barely hanging on there. And then, you know, after that, after you got rid of Finney Smith and you add Kyrie, who's not really known, I mean, he's – I think he's – personally, I think he's a better defender than Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie – I've seen his defense get hyped up a good bit by people, but I'm just like, I don't see it. (laughs) He's lost so much of the time. But, uh, you know, after they lost Finney Smith, it just bottomed out. And so now they have to address that. I do expect Josh Green to take a step forward again this summer Loved his progression this year. Uh, you know, what he showed this year is more of what I expected, you know, from the beginning with him. Uh, we all knew his defense was there and he had to work on his shot. And he finally got a chance to play when Rick Carlisle left. So excited about him. Super excited about Jaden Hardy. Looked like a star in the last, you know, fourth of the season uh, for a second-round pick, uh, number 37 pick. I think if we had a redraft – uh today he would probably be uh, a lottery pick in that 2022 draft in my opinion so uh really excited to see what he does and then you know maybe maybe the Mavs can get this thing turned around and have some lottery luck and have everything fall their way for once because it has been a struggle uh for the last couple of months for for us mass people so <laughs> Richard I appreciate you coming on and talking with me for a little bit we'll definitely have to do it again sometime but uh, anything you want to tell the people before we head off or where they can find your, your other work and everything.
3: Yeah. I do uh, big board scouting reports, uh, mock drafts. I do community mock drafts is how I do it now. Cause I think it's the most accurate. I have had a lot of predictions come true in those. I'll have to have you on some time to, to pick for the Mavs at 10, but Hey, just name it. Perfect. Name uh, <laughs> I, but I'll be, in, I'll actually be at the combine this week in Chicago. So maybe if, if they jump, all I'm saying is Nico Harrison if you're listening to this and the maps have jumped by the time you're listening to this, I will gladly be your representative in Chicago next year. <laughs> actually, the, it, well, no 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 no, actually not next year. Whoa whoa whoa. Better not be next year. Yeah, it, oh, no the no time
2: no no. <laughs> Ooh, no. Uh at, you know, maybe in 2027 or 28 depending on how the rest of this uh Luca contract goes. But we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Luca's going to be in that for days. life yeah he's gonna be a man for life he's gonna be you know dirt 2.0 so we're not we're not going there shout out to luca <laughs> for making his fourth consecutive all nba first team uh four of those first team appearances in five nba seasons and he's already tied dirk uh for that amount of first uh, all nba team so crazy stuff from him but richard Appreciate it. Uh, The rest of y'all appreciate y'all coming in and listening. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That automatically enters you for a chance to win future giveaways, ticket giveaways, t-shirts, stuff of that nature. So be sure to go do that. Uh, Leave your social media at on there uh, so we can find you and let you know if you won. So guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.